to buy into your persona, you need to give them your persona. Mm. So you can't keep hiding behind your guests without yeah. sharing with them who you are because they will keep coming back for you with the guest. the Kill Them podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand strategist on a mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, do something different and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Are you one of my five a day? Keep all your messages coming. Let me know on Instagram at Kelly Lundberg Official and let me know what you've been inspired by. Was it something on this episode? Keep them coming. It makes my day and it makes my guest day knowing that it's had such an impact. Thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. If you haven't already, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help secure even more guests to come on the show and it just takes a couple of minutes. Tell me which episode you like and it just draws more attention and more credibility. Hi and welcome back to the Kelly Lundberg podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Lundberg. And in today's episode, we're exploring how podcasting became one of the most powerful tools in Vuk's journey towards growing his software business that he has. And it's a real fascinating story because I actually know Vuk from every time I go into the podcast studios because he owns the podcast studios. And one of these days we got talking about how did this all start? And his story was fascinating. So here he is today on the Kelly Lumber podcast with actionable steps and expert advice on how you could implement similar strategies just like he did and his business partner to propel your brand or business and take it to new heights. So if you're seeking innovative marketing techniques, podcasting being one of them, and wanting to expand your reach, then this episode is for you. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Vuk. It's great to have you here. We're going to be talking about all things podcasting, which is your home. This is your space. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly, for having me. It's strange being on the other side of I the would camera. Because you see, you know, clients coming in all the time and their guests and stuff. And yeah. now you're in the chair. It's a unique opportunity to observe the business from the other side. Absolutely. So why don't you tell everyone who's listening and watching at home, you know, what, what <clears throat> the path that has got you to here now? Yeah, it's probably it could be a long story. I'm going to keep it very short. <laughs> So I moved to Dubai in 2014, straight out of college. So uh, a friend of mine who graduated a few years before me decided to move to Dubai and set up his first business. And he was like, Vuk, look, I'm looking for someone who's going to join me on this uh, trip. And I didn't have a lot of other things to do in my life at that point. I didn't have any previous experience. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So I thought maybe it's going to be a few months. And that's what I told my parents as well. So we came to Dubai in 2014. And that uh, excursion turned into 10 years. So we started <laughs> that first business. It, it is still a running business. It's a software development company. So we build custom software for governments, uh, enterprises, also startups. And that took us really on a very long journey of learning about business and eventually led me also to start Podster. So yeah, that's like the, the, the short in intro yeah, in a do nutshell. You, do you know how many people I've interviewed on this? And they say, yeah, I was only coming to Dubai for a few months or six months or two years and they're still here. Well, I'm 21 years. There you go. It's starting to feel like everyone is saying the same thing. So even saying it feels like a cliche. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so how did Podstar evolve then? Where did that fit in in the tech space? You know what? I never, ever saw Podstar coming 
and it was that having any sort of brick and mortar business was was not in in my DNA. So being involved in a, in technology and software, we were running obviously the the agency which provided services of web mobile development, UX UI design, and we worked with you know corporate type of clients, startups, and so on. And over these ten years, we've been always trying to build another big thing or another digital product. And even on the mention of someone being involved in a brick and mortar business or a physical business, we will be like, yeah, that's so 1990s, you know, <laughs> that's so last century. But then we grew that business over the years. We went from Dubai, we set up our Singapore operation. We had our development center back in my home country, Serbia. So it was a medium-sized operation, or we felt it's a, it's a large operation because you have three offices, employees all over the place and a lot of clients. And at one point, we grew to a level where one one connection or you know one big client can't feed all of the people who were in the company. And we reached that stage. It's an interesting parallel story. Back in 2016, we were in Hong Kong on a conference. We were growing at the time. And by total coincidence, we met one of the senior VPs from one of the large financial services organizations. And that happened completely by chance. And it turned out that that one single relationship that we've built took us on a completely different journey on a different level as a company because we started working with that organization in Singapore. Then we transferred that relationship to Dubai and then to US and and the rest of the world. And, And we grew by three times, I think, since we met that one single person. But we reached the stage in 2019 where one single person like that and, and a relationship cannot really impact the business enough. And we were trying to find a way, how can we meet these type of individuals on a slightly larger scale? But if we try to, when we try to sort of reconstruct how that relationship happened, we realized that we don't have enough time to construct these type. We go to a conference to Hong Kong and to a rooftop party and there was a lot of coincidences. And a lot um, of travel and time. And a lot of traveling time and a lot of expense, right? So we said, okay, we know who these people are. So VPs of digital, of digital transformation. But how do you reach these individuals if you don't have any, you know, second degree or third degree relationship or a connection to them? And at that point, the idea for a podcast came. And we said, okay, why don't we start a show that we are going to design in a way to be attractive for these type of individuals and try to use the show and as a platform to reach out to these people and try to connect with them. So we designed a, a studio, you know, we built a website, everything looked really nice because we were experts at that, you know. how. And to, this was here in this Dubai? This was here in Dubai, yeah. The podcast was called at the time, The Change. So I teamed up with Ivan, my co-founder and partner in, in Podster. Ivan ran a media business, I ran a, a digital tech business. So we, we joined forces, he provided all of the media, obviously. Background, we worked on a nice digital interface and, and the whole digital presence because we knew that we need to look, you know, well-established and serious if you want to approach people that we want to connect with. And that started. And after three episodes, we felt like we, we have a magic stick. It felt, it felt surreal because the influence that we felt or the power was incredible. None of the investments that we made before in conferences or digital marketing or PPC or Google AdWords and all of these or outreach campaigns was giving such a powerful result because we were receiving in average 50% of interested people to to join the show, yeah. especially because at the time it was one of the few shows in Dubai. 
And anyway, long story short, after first 10 episodes, we generated enough revenue from, from the podcast that we could sustain producing of the show for the next 10 years. And we, we grew our business more. And then in 2020, we decided that actually we realized that producing a show takes a lot of time. And there is a lot of things that need to happen. And we realized that a lot of people drop the idea of running a show soon after they produce few episodes because it's super, you know, time consuming. And they never reach the stage to realize the power of, of podcasting. So we said, why don't we start a company that is going to remove this barrier to entry and allow anyone to, to have world-class production and focus actually on, on content. And that was the start of uh, Podster. So that was just in 2020? That was in 20, 2020. Flirting with the idea, technically, we started really going strong in 2021. Which you when you had your first studio, because we we're actually in the second. We we're in the second studio, studio. yeah. Singapore is being built as we speak, and another office upstairs is being upgraded, so it's growing fast. Yeah. Wow. So I think kind of <clears throat> podcasting has been around for a long time. Like yeah. I did my first podcast where Cat What Meets Commerce back in 2012, I think, maybe even earlier. Wow. I wished I had kept it going in some ways. I, I heard about podcasting twenty. Yeah, and I thought then I was a bit late developer, and I did fifty episodes, but. The reason I stopped was it was so time consuming and I felt that I didn't have a product that it wasn't benefiting for me, for me at the mm. time. It was costing me a lot and I wasn't directing it in the best way. I was interviewing designers. I was a celebrity stylist, but it wasn't necessarily bringing me in clients because my clients had to be in Dubai, mm, which true. in my business in those days. But it's evolved massively now. It's a, a whole production. It's video. When did that change in your eyes? Or do you just think that's just part of social media now? Or Well, we can trace back the history of the podcast even back to 2000. I think the first like term or podcast was coined even before like 2003, 4, 5, something like that. In US, obviously. And it grew. But I think over the last few years, because of social media, and especially since 2020, a lot of people turned towards podcasting because they realized that it's a very efficient way to produce a lot of content and position yourself in a desired way as an mm. industry you know, professional or build your personal brand. And if you use it the right way, you know, from one single episode, you can produce you know, so hundreds of, of pieces yeah. of content. And I think that more and more people are realizing that. And that's one of the reasons, the, one of the reason, uh, factors that is driving the, the growth. Now, on the flip side, because of the increasing number of shows, it's way more difficult to create a show that is actually performing. But again, different topic is how do you even measure a performance of, of a podcast? And, you know, listenership is not the only, the only way. Oh, so. let's talk a little bit about that then. Because yeah. I think that kind of nicely brings in personal brand True. onto that perspective. So how would you measure the success of a podcast then or the metrics on that? Obviously, metrics are one. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most difficult one to, to unlock. To get those numbers up, you really need to create a show that is you know, consistently providing value, has a loyal customer, um, community and, and followers and, and so on. But it's possible. Uh, it takes a lot of effort. However, the reason why there are thousands of shows that are still going after you know, hundreds of episodes with just a few hundreds of views and downloads is because there is... And Ivan, my co-founder, taught me that a few years back. He was always telling me about the power of media because he's actually a host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in our country, the, ah. the, the show, the franchise. Okay. 
and he was in, on TV uh, for, for 20 years on the radio, you know, so he felt it on his own skin. And he was always telling me about the power of media, but I didn't understand it at the time. But when I started co-hosting that show with him, I started realizing that people are seeing me differently just because I keep popping up on social media, talking to influential people without them even listening to the episodes. Because every week there is a book with another leader in a nice studio, nicely produced. Obviously, they're discussing something over there yeah. that is, you know, interesting or important. They're not actually listening to the episode, but they are slowly, you know, by every episode, transferring the influence of that guest to me. And over time, that compounds. I always say or give the example of Oprah, right? Who was Oprah before Oprah show? She was a journalist like many other journalists, I assume. That was more or less the story. But yeah. then, you know, after talking to all of these Hollywood stars and celebrities, yeah. she became more popular than them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't listen to probably any episode of Oprah show, you know, all my life. But I know that Oprah is like big deal. Yeah. So I think people are experiencing that. And that's one of the reasons they keep producing show, even if the show is not really resulting in high number of views and downloads and so on. So it's personal branding industry influence positioning of yourself in a certain industry as an expert and so on. There's a lot of strategies now that you can take when you're approaching podcasts. And I think that's probably where most are failing, mm -hmm. entering the space without really having an idea what do they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then they get lost in the, in the space. We talked about that actually a couple of weeks ago, because I think True. we both sort of went through a similar space where, certainly speaking from my experience, was we're 100 episodes there about, but I would say about 20 or so, maybe about by the episode 70 or fit between 50 and 70, I just started interviewing everyone. True. Not to say everyone, that, that's maybe a bit generic. I mean, as in like people that I was really interested in, but not related to. Not structured in a topic or in a certain content no, plan. No. So it just yeah. ended up being, I was interviewing other people about their business and it basically became me promoting their business. True. And when I actually really thought about it, it was like, my topic is personal brand. So I need to stay with some sort of common thread as to relate it back to why should people be listening? They know that they're going to get some sort of snippet. Sure, be inspired about someone's story or, uh, or something that they've done, but there's still their connection or their thoughts about thought leadership, True. personal branding. And you had a similar sort of experience yeah, where you had I, to restructure I that think, as well. I think I had exactly the same experience. Because I started the show to connect with people, I yeah. wasn't thinking on time yeah. about how do I position my show with the audience yeah. because I was positioning my show primarily for guests. So it didn't matter to me a lot what exactly are we going to talk about as long as it's in a big frame of transformation, innovation, change, and business. And that worked perfectly for the first, you know, couple of dozens of episodes yeah. or 50 episodes. But then after 50 episodes, you achieved what you initially wanted to achieve with yeah. your show. Yeah, you yeah. build your personal brand. You connected with enough people that you have now a really solid base of, of people that you would like to be in touch with. Uh, and a lot of them are now my friends. So that's a funny story of really, you know, how one thing led to another. But then after 50, you're like, okay, but my numbers need to grow as well. Now I feel like I have a show, like I want to see those numbers up. Yeah. And then you realize that in order for your numbers to grow, you need to design the show for the ones who are driving those numbers, which is the audience. Mm -hmm. And if you're not delivering in every episode on the promise that you made towards them, and your promise is the name of the show and the description of the show, in my case, that was, it was the change officer and the premise of the show that we are talking 
you were talking with change makers on the uh, trying to get the answer on the question what's the change ahead meaning across variety of industries we are trying to understand what's the change that will happen in a few years so that we can act now either mm-hmm. start the business either transform our business or get ready for the change if i didn't deliver every episode on that exact topic a random listener would tune in because they read the promise and then they would get the message that is different. It's a promotion of the business or we talk about something else. This is where you, you lose your audience. So one that's number one mistake I think that people are making. They're entering production without a clear content plan, the promise and how they're going to deliver on that promise. Mm, how do you keep <laughs> up with it? Well, what's your tips on how do you keep up with the consistency and the momentum? Because mm. I think... There is that piece of going, oh my, this is way harder work than I intended it to. Even if you can provide, you know, a fabulous venue and someone to edit, like getting guests in and making sure you consistently do it. Like I would say it's only now I've got a brilliant routine and that's once a month where we're four, five episodes ahead, but that's taken two and a half years to kind of get to Mm. that. What's your tips? I don't think there is a, there is a magic key or, Mm. or a tip that is going to help everyone. And partially, it needs to be your effort. It needs to be your, you know, investment and commitment. Now, I will tell you how I solved the problem for me. And that's one of the reasons actually Potster was born in the first place. We started the change at the time, and then we evolved it in the change officer. That's, again, parallel story. We dropped the name The Change because great name, but if someone searched for The Change on Spotify or Apple, there is like, 10,000 episodes and the shows that are the change, you know, so we had to make it unique. So after first 10 episodes, we faced the same problem. We used all of our personal connections to reach out to the guests. Mm -hmm. We didn't know who else to call and we had to figure out a better and smarter way to connect with these people. That's when we made the first hire and that first hire was actually the beginning of Potster. We hired a person that would go and outreach to people instead of us using my profile. Oh, game changing. That's game changing. (laughs) That's game changing. And because I'm pretty obsessed with processes and steps, I literally built a small CRM around every episode. So what I wanted, I wanted to connect with an individual. I wanted to deliver a great experience for them and then potentially convert that into a business. So there was around 40 micro steps that had to happen around every single episode. And every set had its owner. And I, I wasn't the owner of the tasks that were making the show go on, meaning Helena, the first hire, she was in charge of scheduling guests without me influencing it. So Mm -hmm. she would keep scheduling guests whether I want it or not. So they kept being scheduled. So there was no way for me to walk out of that. And that kept my machine going because if she schedules the guests, that's automatically going to schedule the studio. I will have to come. Then another person would have to edit that and publish the episode. Mm. But as long the scheduling and invitations of the guests were purely the responsibility of me and Ivan, we didn't do it. Because Mm. after some time, you just get overwhelmed with other stuff. So that was our hack. And then that was the first package of Podster. It was an agency. And we said, we are going to provide you a turnkey podcast production solution. You just need to give us a host. If you're a company or you are the host, give us four hours of your time a month. We are going to schedule the guests, prepare the scripts, do the research for you record you, edit the episodes, publish everything for you. Wow. So that was like how Potster was born in the first place. But what you've stated is the number one problem. How do you keep recording those episodes? Mm. And for me, the solution was outsourcing that to a different person. Right. For me, the way I've got around at moment, let's see how long this one lasts for. But 
I dropped to twice a month rather so rather than do weekly episodes. But I really noticed a difference in mm. the the not just the viewers, but just the engagement and everything. And I went, no, I've got to go back up to once a week, the consistency. Mm. And then what I did was I do two solo episodes now. That's so, smart as well. Mm. So there isn't also a, a formula for show's success. I think that audience connects either with a host. And in most instances, people are listening to the show because they enjoy how the host is leading the conversation. But there are examples where the host is terrible, but because of the great guests, people are still tuning Listening, in. Yeah. So to get them to buy into your persona, you need to give them your persona. Mm. So you can't keep hiding behind your guests without yeah. sharing with them who you are. Yeah. Because they will keep coming back for you with the guest. So we have examples where we are struggling with, with the numbers because hosts due to certain, you know, uh, boundaries that they have, whether that's a company boundary or policies, what they can, what they cannot do, mm -hmm. they can go out there more on their own and who they really are. But we notice that that really helps a lot with uh, the show growth. Mm -hmm. If the audience get to know you, get to like you, and then keep coming back for you because they enjoy you with another guest and the way how you lead that conversation. Oh Let's talk about that. So we, <clears throat> we talked about personal branding in the mm -hmm. space of, you know, it's, how much is, from my perspective, how much I've been able to connect with people and, you know, just that, that marketing thought of you need to, someone needs to hear what it is that you do or you hear your voice seven times and podcasting is great to be able to hear your voice seven times and, you know, they'll, they'll end up buying your product. Not everyone, but, but some. How would it relate to businesses? So from you, you went in it strategically from a business perspective. Mm. How does that, because I think a lot of people will think it needs to be me or them. How, yeah. how would it be for a business? So there are a few ways and it depends what do you want to achieve. There are a couple of things that, that, that you can achieve with a show. Number one is definitely brand awareness. Uh, number two is building thought leadership and, and, and certain industry mm -hmm. influence in a certain sector. Number three is um, business development. So yeah. if done strategically, it can be one of the most efficient ways to uh, generate uh, leads. And that depends on the size of the company as well. So depending on what would you like to achieve, you're designing your show around that, that goal as well. So if you want, let's, let's talk examples. If you are a marketing agency and, and we're going to tick all of these boxes with this one show as an example. If you're a marketing agency and you're usually the decision maker on the client side is the CMO, right? You want to position yourself as a leader or as an industry influencer in the space of marketing and you want to close business or mm -hmm. you want to generate a higher pipeline, right? Yeah. You would design a show which is called the CMO show. So you need to be very straightforward and direct. So it's the CMO show. You would invite only CMOs and CMOs only of the companies that are your ideal buyers. Not everyone is your ideal buyer. If you are a marketing boutique marketing agency, you need to know who is your ideal buyer and that would be a medium-sized or small multinational company operating mm -hmm. in the region. So you would filter all of the companies in the region, find their CMOs, and over the year, try to reach out to all of them, try to produce a weekly show that's going to be the CMO show. With that show, firstly, number one, which is very impactful, you're, connect, you're going to connect over a year with 52 CMOs. So just think about having new, 52 new connections with CMOs. So the chances are that you're going to close a business with 10% of them are very high. Number two, 
you've done strategically well, you're going to share the content on a certain topic that is very valuable for your audience and other CMOs who are now tuning in to listen to the show, mm. the CMO show. So you're going to build your authority in the space by talking to all of these CMOs. Number three, from every episode, you're going to generate at least 10 pieces of micro content. We are all struggling what to publish on our company page, right? Yeah. First, you start with, you know, who we are, values, pro, uh, portfolio, and then you have team members, maybe some birthday here and there, and that's it. Like, a what, testimonial. What, a testimonial yeah. and stuff. Like, <laughs> what else are we going to publish? So now all of a sudden, you have 10 pieces of fresh content that can be micro video, blog, a podcast, a YouTube video, uh, a quote you can choose. This will solve your problem for your content team for the rest of the year. So you ticked the business development or the pipeline, positioning of your company in the space yeah. and, and, and the content all with just one initiative. All within the space of doing a podcast. Or, tick, which tick, is tick. technically, if done strategically or if you're organized, Technically, it's a few hours a week, a few hours a month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you compare that with, you know, paying a couple of tens of thousands of dollars for a booth at a certain conference here. Mm. You know, I would go for a podcast any, any day. And that's what it brings back to where this started for you as well, you know, in True. the terms of the, the, the revenue and how it went. What's next for you? So you've got Singapore on the horizon. How, how else? Do, I mean, okay, so let's, there's two questions because there's one on that what's next. I guess my other piece on that is this is a podcasting studio, but I imagine people come in and record courses here and True, I don't yeah. know. So, so answer both in either order. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we, we call ourselves, ourselves a podcast studio because podcast studio is what people understand these days. Okay. Podcast studio is what people search. Nobody search for masterclass cla- <laughs> recording studio. Yeah, you know so what I mean? True, like, or, so or, true. Or, if you say content studio, again, content is has a lot of different meanings Then we're not really a content studio because we don't yet help you with strategy and stuff. Yeah. So podcast studio is a nice go-to-market um, strategy or a way to position yourself. Yeah. But we are a lot more than that. First mm. of all, podcast is audio, right? Mm. So yeah. It's not, none of us, all, everything that is produced here is more a show. Yes. Because you have video and audio and all, all of this other stuff. But I really see Podster a lot more than than a studio, whether it's a podcast, audio, or video. It's it's really about the people who are here, and I think it's really about the community because people ask me often, "What do you think about podcast industry in general? It's a trend. Is it going to slow down or not?" I think that people don't realize the reason why, additional reason why a lot of people are in podcasts, mm. and I think it's about the experience that we're having now. Mm. It's a very unique experience talking to another, another person in the studio, focused on each other, getting deep. None of us is going to forget this for the rest of our lives, you know, that we had this show. And even if I call you after 20 years and be like, hey, Kelly, Vuk here, you know, we did the podcast. Oh, hey, Vuk, what's up? So I think we, you, you built something very unique. And I think on, in my case, it was very transformational. So I learned a lot from these people. I made friends, connections, and so on. So I, I don't think that this will ever stop. So if you look at it through that lens, Podcast Studio is a filter for all of these great people that are coming here, mm-hmm. whether they're hosts or, or guests. Hosts, by de- design, they're well-connected people, right? Yeah. Guests, by design, they're people who have, you know, to say something interesting or valuable. So whoever walks through the door of, of a podcast studio is someone who's probably interesting or has something to say. So what we are trying to do, we're trying to build that community of mm-hmm. people who are coming here to meet each other and grow together. 
And that's how I feel about Podster. So what we're trying to do now is build hubs around the world, uh, similar to the one in, in Dubai now, yeah. and then nurture that community. And then what can be built on top of that, nobody knows. Probably something that I'm not seeing coming yet, similar like that I didn't see this coming. So that's that's where we're at now. Singapore is being built. Riyadh is, is getting ready as well. Ooh, so that's, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, we are getting offers uh, for for other hubs uh, or cities around the world. So I think we are. Will this take over your original business? So original business is luckily uh, up and running, and it doesn't take a lot of my time. The way how it's structured uh, operates quite independently now. Okay. Uh, the startups are, are are on their way. We'll see if they're managed to become what we want them to become. Podster is my baby at the moment. And I I do believe in multitasking, but, or actually I don't believe in multitasking because multitasking doesn't exist, right? You can't do two things at the same time. Yeah. It's either you're working a bit on one and a bit on another yeah. one. So I'm focused on Podster quite a lot now. Yeah. Um, to build it into something that can really uh, exist again without uh, me necessarily being involved. What do you think makes Podster stand out amongst other pods, podcasting studios? Because now mm. it's, they're, they're popping there up. And a tra- it's, it's a trend. It there's a like... lot popping up. I'm like, oh, there's another Instagram ad for another podcasting yeah. studio. What makes this one stand out, do you think? Well, I mean, look, it's a tricky question because other podcast studios will uh, listen as well. Um, Are you all friends in the community? We know. Some of us, we know each other. Yeah. 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 Um, I think what maybe sets us apart is just the approach to, to the business. We are really trying to to provide that next level experience for everyone and and build that community. There are quite a few studios now that are doing really well um, in Dubai, and I think that's important for for the whole ecosystem yeah. that they support as well. I think that as long as we you know, and that's what I'm trying to tell everyone, as long as we keep coming back here daily, trying to improve every day a little bit, I think we'll we're on the right track to build something uh, amazing. I love that. Well. I love coming here. I love since the start of this year when I was introduced yeah. introduced to Podster, how easy it has been to put a show into or move it from audio and Zoom or it wasn't even Zoom. I was using Riverside yeah, yeah, actually Riverside. as a platform into this space. And I had put this as a Q2, Q3 goal to move into a studio. And then when I came in Q1, like January as a guest, I was like, ah, okay, maybe I can move this sooner. And I did. And, yeah. and here we are now in, in sort of coming up for Q4. That That's what I've done this whole year. So thank you for making it so easy. Thank you for being an example of why having a podcast studio or building one makes sense. Yeah. Truly, it, you're, one of the, you're one of those examples. Thank you so much. Before we end, I would love for you to answer a few of the um, impromptu questions. So you could pick a couple of the top or in the middle or in the bottom or... There you go. Let's go with the first three. Okay, go for it. I have no control over them. Let's see what they say. So it'll be a question and you have to finish it. I spent too much money on networking and business development before I started the podcast. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, all those the, rooftop parties and conferences. Yeah, you know what? But, but seriously, all of the conferences, the clubs and the memberships that I joined never really uh, uh, could now benchmark or compete with uh, the returns that we're getting on, really a, on a podcast. What was the one thing that you think you wasted the most amount of money on? I think conferences by far. Really? Conferences by far. Because 
very often you're attracted by 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 a great lineup or or a nice branding and positioning and yeah. you pay a high ticket when you can't really you know find a way to get inside on a media press or yeah, something yeah. like that but then i end up in most of the occasions meeting way too many people that are in the same place where i am trying to meet other great people uh. and then between us we really can't do much because we're missing to to meet the right Interesting. real deals or you go to the conference which i did last year and the head line up ended up cancelling so then you oh. don't actually hear the person or one of the people can you say you... which one i'll tell you afterwards after, after the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right i'm irrational when it comes to well traveling probably the thought of it or no both me and my wife are finding it very difficult to say no um and i think it's irrational from us because we end up traveling more than we can afford or have time for or want to or yeah. want to yeah. well you obviously you want to travel yeah yeah uh, sometimes you get tired of it but um i think that's one of the things i'm irrational about <laughs> has there been one place that you've been that you're like oh could have done without that trip well but that's i mean maybe on the hindsight or someone would say look those are the best memories that you you will have in your yeah. life and i and most of the the trips that we made they were all with great friends or 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 or, or great destinations but when a year ends and you draw the line and you do your budgets and stuff and your plans yeah. for the future and you're like, hmm, well, this could be a nice investment <laughs> into something else. Uh, that's when you question it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I'll tell you in 10, 15, 20 years whether this was the right choice or not. Yeah, okay. Good. Good. What about you when you pick up the phone and call me to be on your your show yeah, yeah, 20 yeah, years yeah, yeah, later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, and all those travels you told me, how was it Did then? It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got one more or was it the two? One more. Excellent. I lose all willpower when it comes to, oof, I lose all willpower when it comes to, I think I'm, uh, maybe I'm not going to find the right answer, but I procrastinate a lot. Mm. I'm not sure about you. Do you think that's a thing that entrepreneurs do? I can speak from that. I don't actually. Like I'm, You don't? No, I'm kind of the opposite. I just go and do it. Like you I'm a massive it. action taker. Often I don't think about the consequence and then I'm in it and I'm like, Maybe you should have thought about that a little bit more. But yeah. usually it works out. But I've seen it in entrepreneurs. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes I'm, I'm too hard to myself and, and, I'm, and I'm judging myself a lot. But um, everyone around me would, would tell, are you, are you crazy? The amount of things that you're doing and trying to do is just yeah. ridiculous. Like I would never do it. But then there are these small tasks every day or something that is not very exciting or something that is not new or innovative that is boring that they procrastinate a lot yeah. and, and easily it can happen that I wake up that whole my day I do like three things that I could have done in just 30 minutes yeah. but they just drag them for eight hours and these are small things that are usually not making a significant difference <laughs> impact into impact, what you're doing yeah. but what um, you, you know Alex Hormozzi he's been yeah, popular yeah. lately yeah and he says building great businesses is boring because you need to come back every day and do all of these boring, repetitive steps every day. And I think that's when I'm losing a lot of willpower. And, and I'm trying always to find a hack or just to say, look. Oh, how can I make this more exciting? How can I either make it more exciting or just, you know, cut the, you know, drama. Yeah, just yeah. sit and, and start working on it. Yeah. His, he, he's really come on in the yeah, I don't know space happened, of... Yeah. Um, have you have you listened to any of his book, his two recent books? Yeah, I, I uh, audio booked the the first one. Yeah, 
I r- look, I'm not sure what's the whole story behind. There's a lot of people out there today, uh, you know, talking about business and but I do resonate with what he is saying a lot. Yeah. I think that he's very simple and straightforward. And uh, what he says, build the offer that people would feel stupid saying no to is something that I'm thinking a lot about. Yeah. His piece a lot has resonated about building your brand. True. And I love, he talks a lot about how he thought content was just a waste of time, the goals in 24 hours. But he says his growth that he's had is the building his personal brand. So It's, uh, I think it's incredible. We can probably go on for another yeah. two hours yeah, just yeah. on personal sure. branding. But I think, you know what? We all know what we need to do, right? It's just about doing it. We all know that, you know, producing content and publishing content on a certain, you know, topic would do well uh, when it comes to business and your personal growth. Yeah. It's number one, whether you want it or not. There are people yeah. who just don't want it and that's, that's fine. Or whether you have enough willpower or uh, courage yeah. to do it. And to keep doing it. And to keep doing it, yeah. That's the secret. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing all your knowledge. How can people find out more about you? Is it a platform that you're on? Are you an Instagrammer? Are you a LinkedIn? Ooh. Or what are you on? I am on Instagram with my private account that is not super active. Yeah. Um, on LinkedIn, that's yeah. where I'm active. And uh, obviously, Potster is across all uh, platforms. But if anyone wants to reach out, vuk at potster.com. And I'll be happy to connect. Excellent. Well, I wish you all the success in the world. Who knows? London? Is there one coming up in London too? You know what? Everyone is asking about London. We're just looking for this. This is a public shout shout out. We are looking for one person that is willing to commit three years to Potster. And we'll help them build what we've built in Dubai. We just need one person who is willing to spearhead the market and act as a as a quality managing director i'll put you in touch with someone there you go this Connections. is this is what this is what podcast is about <laughs> brilliant thank you so much for your time thanks Kelly. it was it was amazing thank you did you enjoy this episode If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.